Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Our top story: Could China be preparing for war on Taiwan? The communist country is enlisting soldiers nationwide, but why are they focused on recruiting in rural areas? China's state-backed cyber operation taken to new heights through American technology. Microsoft tracked down a number of foreign hackers, hijacking the giant's AI tools to sharpen their own skills. Sparks flying in rural Ohio, with one resident declaring his city infected with the cancer known as the Chinese Communist Party. Pushback is mounting over a new Chinese-backed solar panel factory set to break ground there. And Indonesia is voting for a new leader. How will the next man in charge affect the U.S.-China power competition in the region? Could China be preparing for an invasion on Taiwan? A new move is sparking concerns. China has started enlisting soldiers, with some regions focused on recruiting manpower from rural areas. NTD spoke to a media professional about the update. He learned that students at a Beijing university were forced to register with authorities for military service. We've distorted his voice to protect his identity. Those from rural areas in Hebei province were forced to register for military service, but students born in cities were not required to. This has never happened before. In a county in northern Heilongjiang province, authorities posted a notice pledging to enlist as many soldiers from rural areas as possible. The notice also said authorities would determine how many in the area qualify to serve, and would call locals that are temporarily working in other regions to register as well. Authorities in Hebei province are also pushing to enlist more soldiers. I asked some young people. Many told me that they are afraid a war would break out between China and Taiwan, and many of them are not willing to go either. Lee says his co-worker's husband already left military but was made to return to service. I feel authorities are preparing for war. Most of China's population are from rural areas. Since those regions are not the center of political power or culture, once a war breaks out, even if soldiers from rural areas suffered heavy losses, it wouldn't trigger huge political and economic fallouts, like it would if the same thing happened to those born in the cities. And this is a big reason that the Chinese regime is doubling down on enlisting soldiers from rural areas. Tensions are mounting in the Taiwan Strait, and many are watching closely to see whether Beijing would invade Taiwan. The Chinese regime sees Taiwan as part of China, despite never having ruled it. Over two months ago, Chinese leader Xi Jinping described bringing Taiwan under China's control as "quote inevitable." And for the first time ever, Chinese state television featured a performance from active duty soldiers in its New Year gala. They sung about their ambitions to win battles. The performance also included scenes of soldiers landing on the beach and displayed new weapons. What's more, a new report said China's defense spending jumped over five percent last year to over two hundred billion dollars. The communist country has been raising its defense budget for 29 years running. Foreign hacking campaigns flourishing on the back of American technology. U.S. tech firm Microsoft found state-backed hackers have been advancing their goals through its OpenAI platform. Main players include China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran. 
According to a cybersecurity staff member at OpenAI, it's one of the first times a tech company has openly discussed the potential dangers of their products falling into the hands of foreign actors. Microsoft suggests foreign hacking groups are bolstering their abilities through artificial intelligence. That comes as the company imposed a total ban on state-backed hackers using its technology. The paper also listed two cyber operations linked to communist China, one codenamed Charcoal Typhoon and the other known as Salmon Typhoon. Microsoft says the groups have leveraged the language model program for a variety of purposes, ranging from translating documents to deploying malware. Parts of the operations also target U.S. tech entities, government agencies and defense contractors. Worth noting, Microsoft has been a close partner with OpenAI. Since the creation of ChatGPT, experts and U.S. officials have warned that the technology could be exploited and weaponized by American adversaries. So far, Microsoft said it has disabled the accounts of every group it identified. But the company added that the rise of open systems like ChatGPT has made tracking hackers much harder. Organized crime, election interference, and the flow of fentanyl, influence from the Chinese political apparatus casting its shadow overseas and reaching into Canada. Joining us to discuss the tactics and potential impacts is special guest Gary Clement, president and CEO of Clement Advisory Group. He's also the author of Undercover, Inside the Shady World of Organized Crime and the RCMP. Gary Clement, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. You just had a piece out highlighting the systemic corruption challenges facing Canada. Tell us about that. Um, Canada, especially when you focused on China, we've we've seen um, the influence uh, uh, for our election. We've also seen that um, going back to uh, various actors in the Chinese Communist Party, how they supported triads as long as it fulfilled their uh, their agenda, I guess. And we know that's happened both in Canada and the United States. So Canada really needs to get its act together. I think that for me and why I'm still such a vocal advocate of this is at my age, I see what the negative consequences could be both for our country and I also believe for the United States unless we get our act together. If we can't have our, we want to have a democracy for our children and our grandchildren down the road. If we don't start getting a handle on this, I believe that the consequences are very grave. You've said before, quote, the Chinese political apparatus is probably the largest transnational organized crime group in the history of the world. How are we seeing that playing out right now? If you look at the fentanyl crisis that is in both of our countries, uh, it really reminds me of what happened and, and, you know, UK had a lot to do with the opium wars. Um, I think this has come back to bite uh, all of us because what we're seeing is a fentanyl crisis uh, would be, I would call it the fentanyl wars because it's disruption from within. I honestly believe that China, if they wanted to, could stop the precursors from coming out of China. They're a communist country. We know they have a lot of power, uh, but it's the flow seems to be continual. The death rate that we're seeing is astronomical. And these are the things that I believe, uh, why I say I think it's uh, the biggest transnational organized crime group in the world because they are very powerful and if you get a government the size of china making uh, uh, agreements with organized crime that are very powerful then you have a huge organized crime group
Why do you think the governments of either, say, the U.S. or Canada haven't really been pushing back against China, instead creating these working groups where China says they will do something, but the chemicals and the drugs keep flowing into the countries? Well, I think there's been a naive view on the part of all of our politicians that, you know, that initially they thought they had to get into bed with China for economic benefit. Um, and it was a lack of understanding of what the Chinese philosophy was all about. We really got to look at this. You, you know, you've got had 70,000 deaths last year. These are 70,000 people that have lost that economic viability that we could have got from them. We've lost, you know, we, all of our countries are struggling to get people into our military and into policing and that. Well, we can't keep affording to lose all these 18 to 34 year old individuals because it is going to impact us in, in a big way down the road. Gary Clement, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Construction crews in Ohio soon to break ground on an ambitious project, a building to house what's expected to become one of America's largest solar panel plants. The one million square foot manufacturing plant comes with a $600 million price tag. It's expected to create over a thousand jobs, a big deal for the rural economy of Patascala. And it's all thanks to a joint venture called Illuminate USA. But there's a problem some are calling foul on the build. That's because America's largest private renewables developer, Invenergy, has teamed up with the world's largest solar panel manufacturer, and that company, called Longyi, is based in China. Residents are pointing to the Chinese Communist Party and its efforts to infiltrate the U.S. A group protesting the plant warns of a red menace. Officials deny the project has links to the Chinese regime. The Biden administration is pushing to build up a domestic supply chain for solar power. China produces a third of the world's solar panels. At the same time, some of China's other solar panel giants also plan to start up U.S. plants like Jinko Solar and Trina Solar. Illuminate USA and Longyi organized a training exchange last November. Around 20 Illuminate USA traveled to China and 60 Longyi contractors visit the U.S. Global investors bracing for more trouble in Chinese markets. The once solid belief in the world's second largest economy appears to be crumbling, leaving investors questioning their confidence in China. Here's NTD's Don Ma with a brief update. Investors of all kinds seems like are losing confidence in China as it has slipped into the alternative investment category. Data reveals people are pulling money out of the world's second largest economy. And exposure to Chinese stocks in December last year was down. Now, alternative investments are typically outside of traditional stocks and are often riskier but appealing to diversify. This has been evident from global capital flow trends. A recent study of public pension and wealth funds managers found not one had a positive outlook for China's economy or saw higher relative returns there. Financial Times reported that Congressman Mike Gallagher is expected to visit Taiwan next Wednesday, along with seven U.S. lawmakers, citing people familiar with the plan. Gallagher chairs the House China Committee and takes a tough stance toward the communist country. The trip marks a show of support for Taiwan's new president-elect, William Lai. He'll be sworn into office in May. Lai is Taiwan's current vice president. Beijing has denounced him as a troublemaker. 
The Chinese Communist Party sees Taiwan as its own territory and has vowed to take control of it by force if necessary. Washington has warned Beijing not to engage in military activities before lies inauguration. One of the world's biggest elections is underway. Indonesians are casting their votes for a new president. And the next person in charge of the country could prove pivotal to U.S.-China competition. Indonesia is a key battleground in a region full of flashpoints. A potential Chinese invasion of Taiwan, plus territorial disputes in the South China Sea. It could also affect U.S. military deployment in Southeast Asia. Outgoing President Joko Widodo has stayed neutral in his foreign policy. He didn't align with either Beijing or Washington. Under his reign, Indonesia saw substantial Chinese trade and investment, including an over $7 billion high-speed railway. Indonesia also boosted defense ties and ramped up drills with the U.S. Right now, the country's defense minister is the front-runner in the election. He's likely to continue Widodo's policy direction if he's elected. His running mate is Widodo's eldest son. The minister has praised both U.S. and China. The nation is still counting the vote, though an unofficial tally shows he's won almost 60 percent of the vote. Zooming out, the Philippines has become a poster child for how a leader could impact U.S.-China competition for influence. Its former president, Rodrigo Duterte, was highly critical of the U.S. He also pulled the Philippines closer to China and Russia. Duterte suspended drills with U.S. forces in the South China Sea. He also threatened to cancel a key military agreement with the U.S. Current President Marcos Jr. expanded the presence of U.S. forces in the Philippines. On top of being stationed in five local bases, American troops also have permission to stay in four more military camps. The move angered Beijing as this allows U.S. forces to get closer to southern China and Taiwan. Next, we'd like to take a moment to share some of your comments about our show. A number of viewers sent in comments about our top story on Tuesday about President Joe Biden reportedly meeting with the head of a Chinese energy firm back in 2017. At the time, he was vice president of the United States. Rob Walker, a former business partner of the president's son, Hunter, testified before Congress. A viewer by the name Rian Jill wrote in, How nostalgic. I remember when all of this was being dismissed as a conspiracy theory and fake news by fact-checkers and can't get you banned from social media. Another viewer by the name of Nassel cast doubt on the issue and asked for more evidence. So far, there are no photos or videos of the lunch where Joe Biden allegedly met with a Chinese businessman, but there is Rob Walker's testimony given under oath before Congress. James Comer, chairman of the House Committee and Oversight and Accountability, released evidence last year that Joe Biden received laundered money from China, a sum of $200,000. It came in the form of a personal check from Joe Biden's brother. Don't forget to tell us what you think of today's show, or if you have an idea for something you'd like to see us cover. Send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. Coming up, China is urging the U.S. to give up on arming Ukraine. But behind the scenes, reports say it's aiding Russia with military technology and money. India's former military chief sends out a wake-up call saying China is India's number one threat. What's behind the warning? And high above the skies of Buffalo, New York, a routine flight operated by a Chinese-linked aviation company takes a terrifying turn, with the plane's door vanishing mid-air, leading to a safe yet startling landing. 
what happened in the skies. More on that after the break here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Next, China is again calling on the U.S. to stop sending weapons to Ukraine. That's what Beijing's ambassador to the U.N. said in a review meeting Monday. The regime has repeated similar messages in the name of calls for peace, but some say it's to help Russia win. It appears that Washington is not taking up China's request. A day later on Tuesday, the Senate passed a bill to send aid packages to Ukraine, Israel and Taiwan, with a total value of over $95 billion. Experts have said U.S. support to Ukraine is crucial for Kyiv. Russia invaded Ukraine two years ago. Although China never officially supported the Kremlin, evidence shows Beijing has been aiding Russia. A Homeland Security official recently warned that China has helped Russia and Iran to steal U.S. intellectual property assets used to advance their weapons. On top of that, trade between China and Russia has increased over 26 percent and hit over $240 billion last year. And almost half of Russia's oil exports go to China. Moving to Europe, the EU is pushing a new trade sanction proposal. It's part of expanding efforts to clamp down on aid to Russia. If it passes, it could ban European firms for working with certain Chinese entities. As Russia's invasion of Ukraine drags on, how is this upheaval reshaping trade flow between the world's two largest economies, the U.S. and China? NTD's Steve Lance sat down with supply chain consultant Jim Nels to find out. Jim Nels, thank you so much for joining. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. How has Russia's invasion of Ukraine uh, influenced the trade relationship and trade flows between the U.S. and China? It's done a couple of things. One is it's, it's put pressure on just the, the, the global food supply chain uh, because it's become much more difficult to get wheat out of, out of Ukraine. But what it's done is it's also created stress between the United States and China. China now is the biggest car manufacturer for Russian consumption. So Chinese cars are being sold in Russia. Uh, they're enjoying that, that benefit. Uh, China is, is helping to circumvent some other of the uh, things that have been put in place, the, the, the uh, tariffs that have been put in place against Russia or the sanctions that have been put in place as well. So China is doing everything that they can. The other interesting thing that China is doing now is in a weird sort of way, they're also trying to get reinvolved in the supply chain through the Red Sea and trying to work behind the scenes with Iran, who um, they're a very big trading partner with to get Iran to calm down the Houthis and get the Red Sea open up again because they finally started attacking Chinese ships. When China starts to set up factories in Mexico, that actually deepens uh, China-Mexico ties. And eventually China might take advantage of that relationship and pressure Mexico via trade. Absolutely. But you also have to remember, they're building um, EV batteries plants in the United States right now. I mean, they're getting grants from the government of the, of the states to build EV battery plants in the United States. So they're playing this very, very, very smart. They're doing something that, that um, they're taking a long view. If they own a key component of something that the U.S. government has said is critical to them, which is the shift from fossil fuels to electric vehicles, and China owns all the battery manufacturing, they have a deep, deep, set of roots in the United States. And then you have to factor in what they're doing with buying up all that farmland. And then we'll figure out what, what their plan is. Jim Nels, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much. 
China is the number one threat. The warning is from the former chief of the Indian Army last Saturday while addressing a border clash that erupted between India and China in 2020. Their border disputes have a long history. In April 2020, India backed maintaining the status quo, but China sent a large group of troops to the region, escalating tensions. The deadly face-off between the two sides broke out in a Himalayan ravine. 20 Indian troops and at least four Chinese soldiers died. The former army leaders said the decision to escalate tensions is likely to have come from the Chinese Communist regime's top leader. India is a U.S. strategic partner in Asia, and China has over 100,000 soldiers deployed near the disputed border. Authorities are on the hunt for a missing aircraft part. That's after a small plane lost a door mid-flight over Buffalo, New York last night. The aircraft, based in Austria, is affiliated with a Chinese aviation company. The single-engine Diamond DA-40 with two people on board reported losing its left rear passenger door while flying over Buffalo. Following a distress call to air traffic control and an audio recording, the pilot alerted with, We have an emergency. We're heading back. Later clarifying, we lost our rear door. The aircraft made an emergency return to Buffalo Niagara International Airport, landing without further incident. There were no injuries or property damage reported. Local police and the Federal Aviation Administration are investigating. Diamond Aircraft, based in Austria and specializing in aviation aircraft and motor gliders, became a branch of China's Wenfeng Aviation in 2017. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Coming up tonight on America's Hope, Kelly Wright continues his coverage of the crisis at the border and the toll it's taking on the small population of Kinney County, Texas. Stay tuned for that episode of America's Hope tonight at 10 p.m. after China In Focus. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.